Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, y'all. It's Amber reminding you to join our Patreon. This entire podcast is sponsored by listeners like you. And now, just for $1, $3, $5 a month, you can join our Patreon and support us. I want to shout out one patron who recently joined the party. Shout out to Sophia. And also, at the end of the month, so August 31st, we will be doing a raffle for the book The Conductors by Nicole Glover for patrons only. So be sure to check out our Patreon. Y'all, I've been getting a lot smarter with this Patreon plug. So I am putting the Patreon in the show notes, okay? So when you're listening to the episodes and you scroll down, you can click on the link to our Patreon right there. All right, let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci, under the Believe Podcast Network. It's a podcast about black science fiction, fantasy, and staying on the same page of our marriage. Today for episode 49, we're going to be reviewing the second half of season one of Luke Cage, created by Cheo Hadari Coker and starring Michael Coulter. Ben, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How did you uh, like that episode seven? Because I wasn't really sure how to break it up into parts. I feel like we should have done episode one through seven. You know, because after that, but your face in episode seven got really big. You were holding the covers up to your mouth. You're like, <gasps> her her mouth literally was like wide open. Like I, you, I've never seen your mouth that wide open for anything. I was I really mean, excited. Anything, anything. Shut up, man. It's a sexual. I, first off, I was asking you how you were doing today because I know you go back to school today, and I'm I'm oh, super sad about it because we spent a summer just literally like loving each other and growing closer together it was so great blah 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 blah, blah well blah, i'm not but. doing the best because there was a video that i encourage you to post on tiktok where i talk about eating your vagina <laughs> and it was taken down today it was that video that video is so annoying because it also started a fight between me and my mom which turned into subsequently a fight. got her blocked i had to i had to, i had to just go ahead and pull the plug and block my mom on all social media platforms and it's actually helping our relationship but it also started a fight between me and you of course always so really tiktok is the the main problem here yeah i mean and eventually it's so funny because now that she's blocked she cannot see that the video was eventually taken down so so your mom was right you know so she kind of won the fight but she doesn't know she won so i kind of won still i read all the comments for all the videos ew uh, why i do really you do, do that oh no. because it's entertaining i mean it's also entertaining, it's, but sometimes they're just mean there are they are mean of course obviously but it's good to know what people are thinking or what they're willing to post yeah, uh, I, but I, I, I don't read some respond. of them, but then I, I'll read like five and I'm like, whoa, those five were positive. I'm, I'm closing the app out. Fair enough. But people were saying this is a children's app. You know what also is a children's app? Netflix. And you know what also is on Netflix? Luke Cage. You like how I did that. And on Luke Cage, there's incredible amounts of violence and sex. They have sex on yeah. that. So I'm just confused. You know, people are, you know, TikTok should be wholesome. Nothing in this world is wholesome. Literally also, nothing. also eating pussy is wholesome between two consenting adults. I and agree. also, I feel like, um, you know, people who, you know, even young high schoolers, they should know that at times if someone's face is not shaved, which was part of the video, you should you should have them to stop. It could become itchy for your vagina. Oh my gosh. Or or, or your penis if you, you're getting you head. One today. I'm just saying we don't teach kids how to give blowjobs or to give head <laughs> stop, in sex man. education. That's see. Is this that why too much? this why my ass is blocked on TikTok right I'm now. I'm just saying 
it's it's so frustrating. Logic. Yeah, you know, there's you know, we recently uh, interviewed Nalo Hopkinson, and she took over the Sandman series. But one of my favorite scenes in the original Sandman series is this woman reflecting on all the things school doesn't doesn't teach you how to do. It's like school doesn't teach you how to you know, love, or does it teach you how to do this or it do that? I'll, I'll have to send you that quote. It's a really long, beautiful uh, quote written by Neil Gaiman. But I really need to make the point that I, I think we teach sex as a form of biological um, function for yeah, humans. and not pleasure. Right. And and what happens to all the, the gay kids, you know, who aren't going to have sex for like... Or the women who are not taught uh, women could be gay or straight or non-binary. Like all of the people with vaginas who are not taught masturbation. Because I, like embarrassing, didn't learn about masturbation until I was in college. And I was like, wait, we can do what now? Like I remember doing things as a child that I was like, why am I just hanging out by the dryer? But I didn't have verbiage for what I was doing or why. But even people people with penises who want to masturbate with their finger on their anus, we don't teach that either. Right. We don't teach any sort of fingering. Damn, how did we get here? TikTok. That's why we're doing our best to just, like, get our asses to other platforms. Like, it's, it's a cool app, but, may, I mean, I don't know. Maybe my mom was right. It's for kids. Tone it down. Also, I want to go back to Luke Cage for a second, which is why we're no, here No, the today. whole thing is going to be about Luke Cage. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I think. But I don't know. We're, we're, there, we're already having a good time this morning. There is a sex scene in there. Today. This is so stupid. What? I can't believe you're going to work today. I oh, just yeah, want to hang out with you all day. I know. Well. And talk about teaching pleasure get get famous quicker and now and then i don't have to go to work okay all right okay. so just work I'm harder trying. work I'm harder trying. start reaching out to more ads you know do your job come on look at like my mirror speech this morning it's gonna be like get famous more quickly bitch. get famous more you know it's funny because amber actually works more than me uh in general because she doesn't really have a time in which she stops working i also which don't have co-workers unhealthy. who can just pick up the slack i mean you're one you're technically one but like i don't have a, a, a boss to evaluate me i guess that would just be my mother <laughs> i mean i evaluate the shit out of you all the time oh no what was i gonna say oh yeah luke cage so there is a sex scene in luke cage but uh it's between you know luke cage and misty knight which is in the first part we'll get to the second part in a second but there are flashbacks to that sex scene in the second part and when i saw the flashback you know what i thought I thought almost every single sex scene uh, that is rated TV 14 and up or or down always has the woman with a bra on. And I'm like, there's not that many people who have sex with a bra on. I feel like it's yeah. it's it's like 100%. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we have sex when you wear a bra, but it's not 100% of the no, time. It's like not. maybe like five percent of the time yeah but you know they got to cover everything up i know but it's unrealistic so you're teaching women or people with boobs that you need to wear a bra to have sex it's not a requirement children (laughs) not children but like teens and up teens and up up. well children can be 18 year olds i know but when you say children you think of like a four-year-old or something i do those are babies right but even babies can be 18. You know, it's all right. it's all about, you know, whatever. I hope they don't move you to the... Did, does your class, te- you know, you teach middle school. Do they have a sex sex ed class of any kind? We're, we're working on it. It's about like it. tampons and stuff, you know. 
We're working on it. I, I, I think we need a very strong sex program, a very rigorous sex program very hard sex okay i don't know oh no we're, we're talking about middle schoolers now well, again See, i can't go nowhere because you go all the sex all, before i'm sorry we climb to the top i'm sorry <laughs> but all the sex here's the here's the thing about i'm a little salty about is that uh, if you t- stemming from the video being taken down no yeah well i think just posting american people be reporting our shit man you know that report re- reporting it yeah for it to be like banned and taken down of course yeah yeah, yeah. It's like black woman report. <laughs> like, wait, this one's just about me eating popcorn. No, no, she's eating it too sexually. <laughs> Look at that mouth. That mouth eats pussy and popcorn. All oh, right, oh, pussy popcorn. Wait, say what the you're best say, kind of popcorn. It's popcorn rubbed in your clit and then ben, fed into your mouth. Hey, food sex. Why don't we teach food sex? Okay, my well, the thing I was gonna say is that. The more I read and learn about sex, and if people are not taught about sex, they often find themselves in really dangerous, harmful situations. And there was a moment where our school last year had to do a sexual, um, sort of sexual teaching thing. And a a lot of teachers were scared that it was too advanced for people. Uh, for the ch- for the actual students, it was too advanced for the students, or too inappropriate for the students. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, d- do none of these teachers talk about sex? Like, people don't talk about sex openly as much as me and you and me yeah. and our friends. But even our friends, but even our friends, we don't really talk about sex a whole lot. Or I, I know in my book club. We do talk about sex. I don't know. It's just different. I, yeah, I don't know. People should be talking about sex more than they do. I agree. That's a great conclusion. All so right. how did you feel about the second half of the season of Luke Cage? Well, we promise we're going to make this about the, oh, the science I, fiction as well. Yeah, I should give a summary. So the thing, the, the event, the implosion event that made Amber's mouth drop open was Mariah Dillard kills her cousin in episode seven Bro, manifest cotton mouth wild so uh it was just so sad so na- now there's a new villain in town the notorious and psychotic diamondback aka striker the new girl in town <laughs> very good amber <laughs> aka luke cage's brother spoiler alert i think we yeah, obviously there's a spoiler alert Dun 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 dun. So we have Luke Cage's brother, aka Striker, aka Diamondback, who was in charge of Cottonmouth. Big bad. Big bad. All right. So episode seven is like the big event where Mariah Dillard turns into a total badass motherfucker. Yeah, even more so. She Which goes, I Mama love. Mabel. Oh, I love it. I love you know. I I love when black women who are always typecasted as like caregivers and soft and taking care of everybody's problems are the big bad. I love it. I don't think it plays in the negative stereotypes at all. I think it shreds all those tropes. I I, I love Viola Davis and Suicide Viola Davis and um, Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad too because up until that she was always playing like the woman in the help. She was this caregiver figure on some early Tyler Perry films. It's like no, she's the one pulling the trigger, lifting the the latch to press the button to detonate people. Like I love it. Oh yeah. So Alfred Woodard did an incredible job. 
Um, Wanda. The event or the word that sort of triggers her to kill her cousin. Mm -hmm. Speak on it. Is uh, we find out that um, Mariah Dillard was being sexually assaulted by her uncle. Yeah, Pete. Pete. And she's like, you know, you know, a kid when this is happening and and Cornell is then forced to shoot and kill Pete at yeah. point blank range for that and other transgressions. But now as adults, Cornell is bitter about that and blames Mariah and says, oh, you you wanted it. You wanted Ooh. your uncle to rape you. And I feel like if anything was going to trigger Mariah Dillard to kill her cousin, it would have been that. So she pushes him out very dramatically. He falls out of that big glass case and then she just slams his chest in literally caves yeah. his chest and it's very violent and his face with a mic stand with a mic stand and you hear like the bones crunches i'm sure that would not have been removed from tiktok because tiktok do- doesn't give a fuck about violence they're like yeah which is oh my our, God. i've our- seen so many freaking full face fights on tiktok I-, I haven't seen anybody getting bludgeoned or anything but like fights people being arrested like just wild wild west but one time my crack was showing during a video that i didn't even realize it was like adult nudity (laughs) it's like what yeah no it's like sex which is about life and pleasure is not okay but then excessive violence is okay and there's a lot of fucking violence in luke cage so if like or just ooey gooey gore very gory right yeah like People getting shot in the arm. Ooh, so good. So yeah, uh, we got this new, we got this new uh, villain, Diamondback, and the way that Mariah Dillard doesn't get blamed is that she sort of twists it, twists it, and show that Luke Cage is the one who killed Cottonmouth, and yeah, now like Luke her- Cage is on the run. Right, her and Shades. Shades is so complicated, right? Because there are times where you're like, hmm, I got respect for you because you you have some sort of morals and ethics. Uh, but Shades recognizes like, okay, you're you're upset that this thing happened. It was super dramatic, but let's come up with a plan so that you're not completely guilty. So her, uh, Mariah Dillard, the politician, and Shades decide to pin it on Luke Cage. Yep. Yeah, and so now Diamondback comes in. We're not really sure who he is, and but he does have the Judas bullets, which are these bullets that were slightly hinted in the last, um, I think, like episode six, where if you get shot in them, they blow up. And there's this like Ukrainian video where it shows that happening, and literally you see a guy blown up into like a million bloody pieces. Like, oh my gosh. Right. And Cottonmouth was trying to get his hands on these products, these weapons before he passed away. But now Mariah has all of those connects to keep those weapon trades going. Well, also, it was Diamondback who was not giving him the bullet. He's like, oh, because Shades would say, you know, Diamondback has special plans for Luke Cage. And so so now, you know, very quickly, uh, Diamondback shows up and starts trying to kill Luke Cage. They fight. Luke Cage gets shot in the stomach, and all this shrapnel gets poisoned in his stomach. And then he teams up with Claire Temple, yeah, who is there to Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. What did What did you think about like Claire Temple? Because we talked a little bit 
about her in part one and does she still have a decent function this time around or hell yeah everybody really stepped it up for the second half of the season i was gonna say that like it kind of blew my mind i feel like last week when we ended the show we were like uh, we're looking forward to it, but you know, we could do without it, but I'm so glad that we sat our asses down and like watched the second half of the season because Claire is kind of a badass nurse who saves quite a few people. Like she saves Mariah when there was this whole, um, shooting and holding of hostage hostages, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, uh, this relationship she kind of has with her mom, her mom's house even becomes a safe haven to hide a witness at some point. So she, she steps it up. She's super, like, she's a super intelligent nurse and her and Luke kind of have a little bit of sexual tension, but we kind of, you know, we don't really care about that as much as we do the fact that like Claire's weapon, I, I, I kind of love when someone's weapon is their intelligence. You know, it's not she's not bulletproof, but she can think quickly about like oh, we need saline, we need gauzes. Like, like she's very, very intelligent, and I I think her and Luke teaming up are are equals in that in that way of like how powerful their weapons are. Like, isn't it always nice when you have like a team of badasses, and then the one person's like the brain? Uh, it's yeah, it's part of a formula, I think, in a lot of like fantasy and science fiction. Uh, or especially comic books, you always need that that brain to come in and solve some of that situation. I do want to bring up, though, that at one point, because of Claire Temple's relationship with Luke Cage and because uh, Misty Knight is sort of told to bring Luke Cage in because now Luke Cage is being blamed for uh, Cottonmouth's murder, um, what happens is that Misty Knight brings in Claire Temple for an interrogation and oh, like basically basically almost beats her up. Yeah, and, and because, like almost chokes her and like slams her against the wall. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah, because she's getting so frustrated because at this point, Misty Knight's frustrated because she is sort of known as the one who can see a crime scene for what it is, but she couldn't see that her uh, partner... Um, Scarf was actually on payroll with by Cottonmouth and Diamondback. And so she's very, you know, elevated. So she almost beats up Claire Temple and then she has to go through therapy. And something that I've noticed with some of these Marvel movies is that people are in therapy. So in the Falcon and the, and the Winter Soldier, the Winter Soldier is in therapy. And, um, and also uh, uh, Missy Knight finds herself in therapy. And I, I just love that because... It's showing that we need to find ourselves in therapy. People need to find (laughs) themselves in therapy. It was fascinating though, because the, at first she's like, Oh fuck this therapist. But then the reason she starts talking and opening up about her therapy is when she, uh, and they do this very, very well is she, she says something along the lines, like I'm going to get my union rep, which there's a really great um, episode that John Oliver does about police and unions and how unions really like protect every single cop, uh, the murderous cops, you know, and, and you, that's sort of like the point of unions. And uh, they have incredibly, almost incredible amount of power unions, which makes it very hard to get rid of cops. Also to get rid of teachers as well, but not in the same way. 
uh, but we can talk more about that later. But the thing that's funny is that they start to talk. They start talking about cop bars that have closed, and that cops really do have this entire subculture, right? They have their own softball teams. They have their own bars, and I thought that was just a really nice piece of world building. And there's a little. There's so many nice pieces of world building in here, where characters who are tertiary characters continue to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, and like. Then- end up playing like major roles like shades becomes sort of like a main cast member as the episodes go on well i would say even even less so with that but um the woman who uh had her father who her father who is an alcoholic who but used to play for the mets and then played for a minor league team she shows up later in part two uh the woman who is doing all the interviews she constantly shows up the woman who's the lawyer who has the son who's getting his hair cut in like episode one, he gets beat up by cops and later in the season, you know, six, six, seven episodes later. So there's all this, like I'm talking about characters with, you know, 10 lines showing up later to give another 10 lines. And that just brings a whole, a wholeness to the show. I want to go back to what you just said about therapy because I like the inclusion of therapy in especially like these superhero movies. A lot of people are watching this. This is a great time to sort of make a point and a statement about therapy. The only thing I don't like is that therapy sometimes in shows comes up as a like, this is your punishment for doing the thing, you know, or we can't figure out what's wrong with you. Now go to therapy. Like that's our last resort. Remember we were watching the original space jam and mm, oh yeah, the men couldn't figure out like, you know, the, they obviously didn't know that the monsters like stole their talents. So they right. were like, we're going to try to go to real doctors, blah, blah, blah. And now like, let's go to therapy. Now let's go to a fortune teller. Like, so therapy always becomes sort of like the last rung to try out and which was fucked up because the fortune teller is the one who got it right yes (laughs) yes she did yes she did she's like "Mm, bugs bunny and so i i like that therapy is being included more in uh these shows especially because kids watch these shows and things like that but i just wish therapy was presented more as like prevention because i think that is a lot of the stigma that i had about therapy growing up it's like oh people go to therapy when they're they in got straight a problem. jackets. People go to therapy when they've absolutely lost their mind. Like when it's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So I thought, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't have schizophrenia. Why do I need a therapist? And I later learned like, oh, that's all a bunch of bullshit. We should be going to therapy for all kinds of things, for prevention, for our marriage, for unpacking childhood trauma. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got to say about the therapy. Yeah, and uh, just I remember the the other reason Misty Knight has to go into therapy is that in the initial confrontation between Diamondback and Luke Cage, Diamondback takes Misty's gun and threatens to kill her, and it's oh my gosh, it's really it's like intense. PTSD for her. Yeah, PTSD, and Misty Knight is just oh incredible. One of my favorite characters, I think, throughout the entire show. Um, I think she is the most nuanced character because uh, she is a, you know, she is a cop as one character, you know, talks to her, says like uh, another black character saying to her at one point, she's like, you know, even even though there's a sister in char- charge, you know, you're you're still blue, which makes you just as white. I think there's that line. Mm-hmm. Like it, a, a someone else said that to her. Yeah. It, it, it's it's pretty intense. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen someone like pull out a gun or 
shoot up the place or anything? Have you ever been around for something like that happening? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I think I would remember that maybe. Well, you were at a party once where someone yeah, started shooting like a shootout at a party. Yeah, I literally like fell asleep on the couch and then I heard some some rounds being fired off and I hopped off that couch like a freaking ninja and crawled under a coffee table and some of my like sorority sisters like hid in the closet. Everybody was like, what the fuck is happening? And obviously the cops came by and stuff. So, but it does kind of stick with you. You're like, wait, what just freaking happened? What, were they shooting at someone or are they just, you I know, think it was happening outside of the house. Like I cannot confirm what was going on, but you, you just hear, and then you're just like running. So, <laughs> and then I remember <laughs> I was only one sleep on the couch. I think everybody else was in a room or two. And I just remember after everything settled, Crystal was crying. I was like, we left Amber out there, bro. We left Amber out there, bro. I was just like, I'm fine. I crowded on the coffee table. But we left you, bro. I was just like, relax. Because we were just like, you know, drunk and dramatic college students. I, I remember one time, I think I was like waiting for... Um, uh, I was waiting for not you, but a, a different girlfriend to get off work or Ooh. something. Oh, and I was not at the a, exes. Not was, the exes on our <laughs> podcast. Go ahead. I'm, 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 I was I'm, waiting at a bar, and I struck up a conversation with this guy, uh, this white dude, and he's like, "Yeah, I, you know, sometimes, you know, I just like to shoot my gun in the air outside of my apartment." <laughs> I was like, mm. "Do you live in the burbs, sir?" No, you like lived, you know, in Lincoln Park. So I, I always think like some, t- you know, sometimes people just do stupid shit. They're like I have a gun, let's just shoot it up in the air. See, <laughs> imagine I could just imagine some some young dudes at at this party being like, "Oh man, I got a new gun." That's probably you know? exactly what. The and fuck and happened. then like, hey, let's just shoot up in the air. Right, and not tell anybody at this party. And it was just like something straight out of a movie you you hear like record scratch and then like everybody sa- save the last dance type of thing yes I don't know. very that very that you want to take a quick break yeah let's take a quick break <laughs> today's episode of the sci-fi side podcast was brought to you by listeners like you from our patreon and we want to hear from y'all and we want to do everything that we can to answer your questions for episode 52 which is going to be our one year anniversary episode so patrons listen up i have put the link to a QA form in the patreon so please go in there and fill out as many questions as you can about anything it can be not sci-fi related it can just be you and y'all curious about me and ben's life so ask those questions because we're going to do a one hour episode of just having fun with all of our listeners so be sure to fill out that form i'm also going to add the link to the form here in the show notes okay so when you're looking at the episode and listen to the episode just scroll down click that link all right now let's get back to the show and we're back so Luke Cage is. You didn't want to go on. Yeah, Yeah. Luke Cage is on the run with Claire Temple, and he's got this shrapnel in his stomach based off uh, the fight with, um, you know, the notorious Diamondback, and so he decides to find the doctor uh, Noah. What's his name? He goes down to Georgia to get, you know, to find some help to get the shrapnel remove out of his stomach and meanwhile while he's away we find out diamondback has sort of this battery powered punching glove and he goes around like punching people and shouting out that he's luke cage so he like he punches a uh, a beat cop in the stomach Uh, you know a beat cop who's going to like buy socks from a guy who's selling them on the street and this beat cop is like a nice white dude 
who, you know, who people know. And uh, beat cop policing is sort of like the ideal form of policing, not like what Chicago cops do, which they ride around in their SUVs with like shotguns and, you know, tons of weapons in their cars. But beat copping is sort of you walk, you walk a beat and you talk to the people and you ask them how they're doing. Anyway, uh, Diamondback punches him just randomly in the stomach and just blood splurts everywhere and he dies and so now he's Diamondback's going around pretending to be Luke Cage, causing chaos while Luke Cage is in fucking Georgia trying to get help from the doctor who made him that way and get rid of this shrapnel. And that scene is so cool because basically they have to like dip him in acid and there's all this like very sciencey type of stuff going on, all this language to sort of soften his skin so that now they can remove the shrapnel from his stomach, which they do. But meanwhile, while they're down there, they discover some secrets about Riva, who is the original sort of doctor therapist who helped Luke Cage get out of uh, Seagate. What do you think about that whole like episode? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Luke Cage has a thing for these the ladies in his life that help him out. These doctors. Um, it makes sense. I do think that Reva did like him in some way, but sometimes you go into something being like, I need to do what's best for the government and my job. And it started that way. So he, he did unlock those videos of her and I was kind of, I don't know. Well, can you describe the videos? Yeah. They're just like videos where she was like patient number, whatever is getting more strong patient number. What? Like he's, he's completely seeing that she didn't care about him as much and that she saw him as a, a test subject. And I, I don't know. I was kind of happy that that happened because he was really caught up on Reva for a lot of reasons. And I mean, he loved her and she passed away, but I don't know. It's, it's still super shitty that when you find out things about somebody that you love that passed away, that were not that, that, that colored who they were when you knew them. Right. And just a reminder, she is killed by Jessica Jones when Jessica Jones is being controlled by David Tennant's, uh, you know, character. It's, right. Sorry, spoiler alert for Jessica Jones. Um, so, but also Luke Cage. Luke Cage gets a lot of women. He has sex with Jessica I mean, Jones. He has, you know, he has a relationship with Reva. Uh, do they have sex? Probably. They're Probably. they're in a relationship. Uh, and he has Luke Cage is the only one getting laid on the show. He is. Who a, else got laid? Well, Nobody. I mean, I guess Misty Knight. Misty right. Knight has sex with Luke Cage. Um. And then, and then we, you know, at the end, he makes out with Claire Temple. Uh, so yeah, he's just he's all getting all to of the it. money. Yeah, all of it. The only thing that annoyed me about that whole Reva reveal, Reva reveal, is that it sort of this idea that for him to move on from Reva, he needed to see her as someone who, as more of a villain or see her as a liar, and that sort of frustrated me because. You know, there should have been this space where he could have seen Reva as someone who he loves and misses, but he could still move on and fall in love with somebody else instead of having to turn her into a villain or or a pseudo villain. And so once he realizes that and that both Reva and Noah, the doctor, who, who ends up helping him after years and Noah thinking that his experiment failed, um... Noah helps him get rid of the shrapnel. 
Yeah, but we also don't trust Noah completely. We, we don't. That we learn, because he's definitely like in it for the science as well. Oh. I think it's fine that... And Luke Cage destroys his lab. Yes. As like a, and just as an act of revenge or whatever. I think it's fine that we find out that Reva is like a flawed mad scientist like I, I i think i sort of thought about it more from her perspective of like listen i got a job to do like it's cool that if i make connections along the way and, and like people but at the end of the day like i'm here to do a job and i'm here to ultimately like create something that helps people cure cancer and hiv and all of these things and so i know it's hard for him to i feel like you say all the time like you're not that special like we we all we're we're one of billions like we're you know sorry that you learned that you're insignificant but like i'm out here doing a job i don't know i i think it it sort of falls into this similar trope you see in uh lots of science fiction or i think comic book mad scientist type of scenarios and i'm starting to see that there's a whole range of mad scientists you have the mad scientists who think okay i want to take over the world right but then you have these scientists who are sort of in between. And Noah is sort of a mad scientist, but not really because he's commissioned by the government. And Reva is sort of a mad scientist, not really because she's commissioned by the government. And you also see this in Black Lightning where you have all those kids in the pods. And you can go check out our episode on Black Lightning. Come you on, know, We did season one and season two. But in there, you have these scientists who are doing these experiments and they're commissioned by the government, sort of, and they're doing it to save the kids, but also to gather research on creating metahumans. And I think there's a similar situation going on here where there's this mad scientist light type yeah, of thing. I agree. And I'm fine with that. Like, especially when it's women. All right, moving forward. So when he's down in Savannah getting you know, repair diamondback is raising hell in Harlem. So eventually he gets cured of the shrapnel or it, it, it's removed. Extracted. And then they head back. It's yeah. Extracted. But also we were watching this and, you know, we find out that, uh, diamondback, AKA striker and Luke cage are brothers. And the, the way we find that out is really, really cool because Luke Cage goes to that church. Remember that those scenes? Yes. We love a flashback. Oh my gosh. Cause there was a point where diamondback was, just saying it like when when Diamondback first stepped on the scene, it was just kind of weird. It was like we don't care about you, especially we, after Cottonmouth. Yes, we such were a so incredible character. So invested in Mahershala Ali. Um, so when he was removed, we were like, "What? What now? What? What about our loins?" And so then Diamondback came on the scene, and we were like, "Who are you? Like what?" He was kind of more like, "What Joker-y. are you new here?" <laughs> don't you love when I say that to you? Yeah. You knew here, um, the new girl in class. So we we lived for Mahershala Ali. And so when Diamondback came on the scene, we didn't really care. And then Diamondback hits us with like, I'm your brother, nigga. And we're all like, what? Okay, Darth Vader. Like, it, it just felt very like, Luke, I'm your father vibes, which you should be proud of me because I, I made that connection. But then when we see the backstory of how Diamondback was like the illegitimate child created by Reverend Lucas, uh, Luke Cage's dad. We learn like, oh, he really does have some some vengeance here because he wasn't 
given his father's last name and his mom was like the church secretary who slept with the pastor and then she eventually died of cancer and so without getting any help from his father any help and support so yeah you kind of i mean it's not enough of a reason to like literally kill tons of people like at one point diamondback brings together like all the gangsters of the city from their different boroughs and like shoots them at point blank range like everybody very joker chaotic type of vibe very chaotic like every time diamondback steps on the scene like the the body count is going up he and he is smart like and and he's very uh what I think because of the fact that his father was a preacher and he never had that connection with his father, he's like obsessed with the Bible. So he's constantly spitting out scriptures and his whole Bible is like worn and read. I feel like he reads the Bible how like you used to read the Bible, like highlighted, underlining, has all of the uh, scriptures memorized. He's very Old Testament too. Like he's always quoting like, let's talk about Cain and Abel, the story of the two brothers that hated each other and things like that. So I... I think Diamondback definitely grew on me as a villain, but we, it was really hard for us to get over, to get over um, <clears throat> Mahershala Ali. Understandable. But you were saying <laughs> that both of them being from Georgia, neither of them have any Georgian accent. Oh, I hate it here. I hate when people are like, I, I hate when people are Southern and you, and you hear no drawl or you hear no turn of phrases. It's like, you're not from Georgia. You're not real Georgia. Yeah, that was that was a big sigh for you. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, Luke Cage comes back and then decides to, you know, confront Diamondback, who at this point has sort of sort of thrown away Mariah Dillard, sort of trying to control and manipulate her. Uh, shades, you know, eventually gets arrested and shades, shades, <laughs> shades. Like that. yeah. Uh, Mariah, Mariah, you gotta do something about it. Gotta this. do something. <laughs> you made a choice, and so shades and Mariah have sort of teamed up, but Diamondback is like fuck everybody. At one point, like he tries to get he, shades. Yeah, too. tries to kill shades, and shades very you know viciously kills the people who are trying to kill him. Yeah, zip. And the guys. Yeah, just fucking annihilates them, shoots them in the face. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Super, super exciting. And then uh, the Puerto Ricans who run the boxing ring. Mm -hmm. Domingo and his gang. Domingo and his gang. Diamondback takes all them out. (laughs) And like brutally kills them all. Everybody got it. Everybody wanted the smoke and everybody got it. So, so Diamondback's just cleaning house. Cleaning. And he's he's not like... He's a clean up woman. It's sort of hard to figure out his motivation. Like, yes, he, he runs drugs. And yes, he's concerned with, you know, at one point he references like, you know, the Mexicans down south and he has to deal with them. But ultimately, he just seems like a character who wants to create chaos. And we find out that he has this like bulletproof kind of like full suit armor and he's yeah he's so jealous of luke cage so he just recreates all of luke cage's powers it's like damn what are you obsessed with me like why are you so obsessed with me well i think what happened is they got in trouble for like hitting a cop or like driving too fast and so they're inside uh Luke Cage got the choice to go to prison or join the Marines. So Luke Cage goes to the Marines where um, a striker is sent to this like juvie and this guy at juvie tries to mess with him 
and Stryker kills the guy in juvie, and then they move him from juvie to an adult facility. And so they sort of just prison. That's a direct reference to, you know, the prison pipeline system, right? Mm -hmm. Juvie to prison to, you know, full-time criminal. And that's exactly what, you know, uh, Cheo Hadori Coker is trying to do. You know, he's trying to, like, make a commentary there. And so you find out they get into this big fight and Luke Cage ends up, you know, finding the inner strength and they had this long, long, long fight. Yeah. Ends up, you know, beating up um, Diamondback and then Diamondback is, you know, arrested and then Luke Cage is also arrested because there's nothing there to clear his name. And the one chance that they thought to catch Mariah Dillard um, who, what was, there was a, an actress who plays uh, Candace, Candace, who's just beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. she's the same leading actress from um, the, the show Them that yeah, we which, hated, but I was like, oh, I know, the, I know those cheekbones. Yeah. She's gorgeous. But she gets assassinated, so now nobody has anything on Mariah Dillard, and so the season one ends with Luke Cage being sent back to see, uh, being sent back, oops, being sent back to Seagate. I don't know, what what'd you think about that ending? There was a lot going on there, and I think the ending was really realistic, except for the fact of, like, Mariah kissing shades. I was like, what? Like, that felt very misplaced. It's like, that that didn't need to happen. Like, (laughs) Oh, she bites his lip, too. Yeah, she kisses him and bites his lip, and he's like, ooh. You're just like, can can we not? Can, Can we not? Everybody doesn't have to fall in love. Like, some people can just be big, bad villains and just, like, take people out. Like everybody, I mean, I don't know, but I, I was very proud about how the season turned out. Like, I think we have some of the similar criticisms as last season where some of those scenes, I'm like, why y'all drawing this shit out? Like these very long monologues for things when it's like pick up the pace. But I I think that it was action packed and it, it definitely blew my expectations like the second the second half of the season did because I was really worried when Mahershala Ali left and then I was like damn they're they're still holding it down like without him something that I really liked oh we forgot to talk about our favorite character and the whole method man oh method man yes method man shows up and it's plays method man oh my gosh method man as method man as himself yes so basically what happens is that before luke cage is sort of cleared from all the shenanigans diamondback was causing as luke cage uh he's on the run and he saves like a a bodega from being robbed, sort of like for no reason, right? He just he's like, oh, people need my help. So Luke Cage is sort of a he's a good guy, right? Great. He's just a he's gr- a great bystander. You he, want him to be there? When, yeah. When so he he steps down. in, and and then he saves Method Man, and Method Man goes on uh, Sway's show, mm-hmm. uh, Sway from MTV. He for those who don't like know, yeah. uh, Sway in like, that you don't Kanye. You the answer, Sway. Yeah. People know Sway. Black people know Sway. Uh, so the Kanye West-Sway confrontation, really funny. Um, but yeah, goes on the show and does this whole rap about Luke Cage. It's really great. And so then, good. And there's this whole, you know, montage of people being like, fuck the police and like, you know. And they're all wearing like hoodies with holes in them. Yeah, that becomes like a new. Luke Cage in solidarity. I, exactly. I really enjoyed that part because... Gucci's um, scratching himself. I really enjoyed that part because I, 
I think these communities get such a bad rap for like violence and drugs and whatever, but there is such a richness. Like there are some things that Mariah Dillard said about Harlem that I was like, yeah, like there is that soul and there is that jazz and that just human ingenuity and kindness. And so when they showed some of the parts of the city like that, where everybody was just in solidarity and like having Luke Cage's back, I was like, this is what I, I want to see some, some more of this. Yeah, it's very realistic because after Diamondback, you know, kills the cop, you know, pretending to be Luke Cage, the cops go ape shit, right? And which is very realistic. A cop gets killed. Recently, a cop was killed um, in Chicago. In Chicago, and cops, you know, they they get really defend. I mean, they're a gang. Like cops are a gang. We have to recognize the blue blue. You know, they refer to themselves as like you know blue people or whatever. Blue lives matter type of thing. So they really do see themselves as like a separate species of human. I think in a lot of ways, and they see other people as subhuman, and so they go around just arresting tons of people. They arrest a kid who showed up in season one, and they beat him up because this kid. Well, the, second, the first half of the season. Yeah, the first, you know, uh, sorry, in the first episode. I think he shows up in the first episode mm-hmm. of, of season one. They beat up this kid and very violently, very much, very, uh, you get a lot of like when they see us kind of vibes. Um, and uh, it's very, very, very intense. But the thing that I, I really appreciate about mariah dillard is that she takes all this to her political advantage you i know? think we can all do learn something from mariah <laughs> dillard like well she twists she does what everything most politicians do they're like how can i flip this but i i want to take some notes from mariah dillard and be like okay something bad is happening like like this tiktok things how can we how can we spin it how can we say hey y'all i keep getting banned why don't y'all move and meet me over here to these other platforms like like she she's got well, she's kind of like the little Nas X of the show we should go live once because if you go live you live where live on tiktok because if you go live Man, on we TikTok, can't do that they they will shut that shit down so fast because you're gonna be in the back doing something insane we can't go live anyway mariah dillard is one of my favorite characters I, it goes between misty knight and mariah dillard um, there is one thing we didn't mention, which, you know, we're going to do season two eventually. We have to. I, I really it, enjoyed this season. It's good. And there's only two seasons of Luke Cage. I but, know. It got canceled, right? I know. So Misty Knight does get shot in the arm between a shootout uh, at one point. And later we find out, and I think in the Defenders, she loses that arm. So Why are you spoiling? Because we're not going to watch the Defenders. So in season two, you're going to see Misty Knight without an arm. Okay. And that sort of checks out with the comics. And there's some, you know, there's a whole like, I'm sorry, I keep on drawing parallels between the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but she sort of becomes like a, you know, a Winter Soldier. I haven't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier. So you're talking to our audience when you say stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway, it, it, it. they they advance. There's a lot more story to tell with the Misty Knight. Mariah Dillard is out of prison. You know she's you know she's exonerated. There's no proof that she's done anything wrong, uh, even though she did kill her cousin. And <laughs> she's like, and Can she I go was in now? league with Diamondback, uh, and so it, it does end pretty well. And then also in the Defenders, um, at one point Claire Temple says to Luke Cage, you know, I know a really good lawyer who can help you, you know, who she's referring to. Uh, Daredevil? Yeah, Daredevil. Oh, yeah, Matthew, yeah, Matthew Murdoch Yo. is a lawyer during the day. 
and then Daredevil at night. And so, you know, obviously... <laughs> Some of our listeners do be on the shit that you be on, Ben. Like, I, I remember somebody commenting on Instagram, being like, like, thank goodness for being corrected ever, because I, I yell at the, at the podcast when she does those things wrong, too. Like, the last episode when I, like messed up marvel versus dc or something but that's all right that's no good. it's it's totally love, fine you know, or and some of the listeners are like bitch i'm with you um you want to get into the size real quick for wrap up yeah i mean not there's not oh, sorry um there's not a, a whole lot of size just a summary you had the problem with the georgia accent i did oh i have one more side you got to get a new theme song. I, I need that. This is for the street. Black Lightning is back. I, I need uh, something like that. Like the, the theme song for Luke Cage right now. It's just like, it's just some. I like it. It's fine, but it ain't like getting me excited to watch it. Like I kind of want some sort of superhero jingle for him. Starring Method Man. Method Starring, Man on the track. Oh yeah, Method Man was great. Bulletproof Love could definitely be like that's the the free you know, the air quote freestyle that Method Man did on the radio show. I was like, why is this not the theme song? This is so good. Uh I hate Shades as a character. As as an actor, actually. I just he annoys me. Just, you don't uh, think he reminds you of our friend uh, that live over there? That's he reminds me I like Shades. No, no, no. Like the swag. I, I don't know. It's just like that. Yeah, but he's not like a psychopathic killer. No, of course not. But his his swag is similar to uh, our friends. No, it's his voice. the The swag is fine. He can, shades can keep his swag. It's his voice. Like, can you admit uh, that he's a little yeah. bit hot? He's hotty. Uh, he's got too many wrinkles around the eyes for my taste. Oh, not an ageist. Not a whole ageist out here. No, All right, okay. No, All that, right. that might be bad. <laughs> Don't hate me on that. Uh, oh, also, well, no, no. People are too pretty and too slick. Like, there's way too much makeup. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of like makeup going on in the show. There's, like, cakes of makeup. Like, after, like, tons More, of fighting, Rosario Dawson has not lost her curls. It's just I, like, come on now. I, I, like, I like me a gritty, dirty, nasty, like, fight ben, scene. We knew you were free. I'm a pig. Oh, no. All right, why don't you warp up the show? All right. In conclusion, go ahead, watch Luke Cage, all of season one. It's fantastic. If you want to watch The Defenders to see how Luke Cage gets out of Seagate, do that. But we will come back to season two as well, where Luke Cage returns, uh, you know, having to fight a whole new set of villains. Misty Knight returns. It's absolutely fantastic. So go ahead, check it out. Bye, y'all. Thanks, Ben. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast. Up next for episode 50, y'all. 50! That means 52 is coming. Up next for episode 50, we will be watching Candyman. It will be hitting theaters August 27th. The screenplay is by Jordan Peele, and the movie is directed by Nia DaCosta. So please be sure to check out Candyman. Go see it in theaters. We're going to go see it in theaters as well, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.